glasses so I can actually read. Hello. Reading is for nerds. It is. Hello. <laughs> I haven't seen you in your glasses in a really long time. These are new glasses. I just got these. I like them. They have a little bit of green in there. I like it. They're bigger. So I'm going to say something that I don't mean in a mean way. Like, I mean this in the best way, but I have a feeling you're going to take it in a bad way. Oh, great. I don't. I just you... spent so much money on glasses. Oh, I love them. And I'm going to tell you why I love them. But I don't want you to not love them because of why I'm telling you that I love them. Don't make me self-conscious, bro. Do you want, not want me to tell you? No. Okay, we're good. But they're great. I think they're awesome. Okay, cool. Because I own three Hi. of these exact same frames, so I could not be self-conscious. I have a pair for the computer that everybody has called me Bono because or Bono because I they're yellow because I keep mm. straining mm-hmm. my eyes. And then I have sunglasses, and then I have normal glasses. So I really cannot be self-conscious about them. I have to get uh, dyslexia lenses, so, so I'm not super stoked about having to wear, like, red glasses every time I read. But I am looking forward to reading and not wanting to cut my eyes out when I read. Well, you'll oh, be I red, also, uh, and I'll be yellow. Oh, cute! Those are interesting colors together. Ketchup and mustard, bro. We're the best. Bro, and I do love ketchup. Straight up facts. I'm a ketchup I'm a girl. I'm mustard and you it. get to be ketchup, but it's it's fine. Mustard is there. an equally great It's not as good as ketchup, in my opinion. I mean, unless I we're like doing like honey Dijon mustard. mustard, I'll go, hey, I'll go I to Dijon. I really don't see why you can't be whatever mustard makes you happiest like i don't think there's you could even be like chick-fil-a sauce if you wanted to be mm, no because they're cool anti-lgbtq so we can't do they're that bigots, yes and we hate them you're right i was but like i found a recipe online so you can make it yourself well i found it off right at walmart so lazy winning oh tastes just the same i bought it for ryan and michael I was like so you're not missing out here's an off brand <laughs> I got my first. Oh, I hey, treated I'm sorry. myself. I'm Lauren, and that's oh, yeah, Bridget. and Bridget, and I got my first peppermint mocha. Treated myself. I've been on a really good diet and not doing a lot of sugars and stuff. And then uh, I did not eat well today, Aren't, which is why when you called me earlier, don't you have to wake up in the morning? Yeah, but I had to stay up till now. <laughs> it's almost empty. I woke up really early this morning too, oh. so I'm. Mm-hmm. burning both ends right now because i realized we could have done this this morning well because i realized i'm a dummy <laughs> and so i forgot that i told you on the phone can we do sunday morning so when i was like oh i don't remember when we're recording and so i looked at our text and i was like sunday night okay well i'll just make it work completely forgetting that you and i had a whole phone conversation about why i didn't want to do sunday night my brain just omitted oh, things that I said. It's okay. I went to bed at like four the night before just because I was so, you know, I was in my sunken place. It was a bad day yesterday. Today was also bad. I don't want to go into it because you have to go to bed early. Yeah, but you still need to tell me after we record because I'm concerned. I'll tell you after. I'm just. Anyway. 
I can't say any of this on the podcast because I'm still employed. <laughs> but this is going funny. But so, don't worry. Everything's fine. I'm having a great time. Everything's great. Uh, everything is awesome. And on top of my house being full of rats and the ceiling falling down, uh, it's also freaking cold. Wait, I thought so you were I got done home with. I thought you were done breathing. with rats. I thought the rats were gone. We think we saw another one yesterday. No. So we don't know, but we've been seeing much less. I mean, we killed six. Not personally, we didn't like murder them, but the hootie did. So. Who needs a hunter? There's a lot. Oh, it is. I guess we should tell people why we had to like not record last week. I was in New York like all of last week. Yeah, Bridget was living my childhood dream meeting so uh Daniel Radcliffe and Al Yankovic. But she did give me the most bomb shirt I've ever received in my life, which I will be wearing to the end. That's why we drink recording. <laughs> I just want you to know. I only grab shirts for three people. You, my brother, and Michael. Thank you so much. I because for everyone who doesn't know me, I love Weird Al Yankovic. Like you know what I, I found out? No, most of the music. You what? and Michael are the same. More now. Yeah. He also is obsessed. <laughs> and in middle school or high school, said he was like asking for dollars from people so he could raise money to buy a ticket to go see him. Oh my god. And he did. Yeah. Me and Michael are very weirdly similar. I think I there's guess, a reason that you I, like us. I was gonna say, I guess I found two personalities of different genders and was like, okay, I'll take both. Like, they like the same things, but they act very differently. But they're hmm. both gay. Interesting. And I think I like that. I think you just like gay friends. I do. I seem to have just been the token straight friend in our in our friend group in all areas. It's nice to have a straight friend. I think you're my only straight friend. Well, I'm here for you, buddy. Yeah, Rachel's not completely straight. Oh, thank you. I'll be your number one ally. I'll get you off-brand chicken so sauce wherever I can. Deidre is straight. There you go. Yeah, Deidre, if you ever listen to this, you're straight, right? Probably. <laughs> right? Well, you're straight now. Put put it on the YouTube comments. <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> oh, that's Her funny. eye is, like, falling out or something. It's crazy. That's another Deidre. thing that's happening with my work family. Yeah, so Deidre's, like, my favorite employee. Yeah. I love her. She's on my team at work. And she's pregnant right now which is awesome she's seven months pregnant but ever since she like she's like indestructible and then she got pregnant and everything started just falling apart on her body and she's finally in like a good spot and then she woke up yesterday morning and her eye was swollen shut for no reason she went to the uh urgent care there was no cut or scrape or anything and so they had to send her to the er to get like a scan and they're like actually it's like a muscle behind your eye and if you don't get it fixed you will lose the sight in your eye so was she it to see was her retina detaching is it her retina detaching i don't know i bet it's they her didn't retina say anything detaching about that. because that's like a muscle so, behind hmm. it and that's always my paranoia is my retina's gonna detach because that's what my migraines feel like 
when I first had a migraine in high school, oh, no. that's what my friend told me because his like aunt had like a retina detach. And he's like, that's what my aunt said it felt. And I was like, I'm my retina's detaching. And then I went to the doctor and they're like, this is nothing to do with your eyes. <laughs> You're having migraines, ocular migraines. And that's how I found out what that felt like. But I bet due to my Gray's Anatomy well, I'm degree, glad your retina didn't you should detach. ask her. Yeah, me too. But you should ask her if it's a retina detaching. I started... I started watching Grey's Anatomy again yesterday. Yeah. I'm mad about it. Bro. It just, I just don't know. I needed it. something on in the background while I depression scrolled. You just gotta get through it because, you know, Bailey's in this cool new journey right now, and I'm here for that. Addison just came back and she's a series regular this mm. season. And Meredith, you saw the news, like, she's not I do love Addison. series regular anymore. Yeah, but she's, like, the main character. The show is named after her. That's what bothers me. Like, she's, I get that she wants to move on and do something else with her life, but they out. just need to end the show. I think, so some people left the show and came back now, and I think there might be, like, a spinoff thing that they're trying to launch, which could be good, because some of the characters that they're going to use, I'm like, I would watch that. But, um, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see where it goes, but they just... They didn't kill off any human, but they killed off something that killed my soul and made me so sad. And I can't wait for you to catch up to the new season because you'll get what I mean. Because it was off any human. Do you want me to just tell you? Was it an animal? No. Was it a a thing? Yes. Give me a hint. I want to guess because I'm very versed in Grey's Anatomy. Will I know what it is? Did they burn down the hospital? You're so close. The ER? No. The free clinic? No. Derek and Meredith's house? She doesn't live there anymore. She she moved out. I, I can't if you're making anything different because you froze. Oh. <laughs> she doesn't live at Derek what? and Meredith's house. I don't remember where you stopped, but No. Close, so close. Not though. Derek and Meredith's house. So it's not the hospital, but it's close to the hospital. It's not no, Derek no. and Meredith's house, but it's so close. Closer with that one. Let me just tell Is you. it Meredith's house? They burned How? down lightning. There's a whole lightning episode. It was a really cool episode, and very That's dramatically, lightning hit that house, and that house burned. And they just did this panning shot of all of them standing outside that house, looking at it. And like half the people, you know, because everybody lived there. It was the house for everyone. And I was ugly crying. And I was like, I'm crying over a house. But it was Meredith's house. It's where it all began. That's the opening scene. Where she grew up. Oh. So it was like, it was like literally the opening scene is inside that house. That's so sad. It was like a chapter closing without killing off a person. Thank you. Uh, Because that i'm a little traumatized from gray's doing that but it was like a chapter closing honestly i just expect them to kill someone every season now like i just like pick out the people i like and i'm like which one of you will die you want to know the only thing that made it out of the house fire all the people made it out but the only object that made it out was it was it the sticky note? Did the sticky note make it out that's the only thing did it i would have died Maggie oh, Maggie God. was in the house 
and she grabbed it because they were cleaning and they had just found that. Maggie's the best sister in the world. She is. I love Maggie. I wish they would do more with her character. They're kind of starting to now, but I love Maggie. Okay, maybe we should talk about not Grace yeah. Anatomy. That's our spinoff podcast. We should. I'm so sorry. Um, we did do a Grace you... Anatomy podcast. That could be amazing. We'd we'll both later. be experts at it. Uh, that's so upsetting. <laughs> okay, but you know how much we fight talking about anime? How much do you think we would fight talking about Grey's Anatomy? I mean, there's not too much like you can fight about like in Grey's, I feel like. You can hate characters and like characters, but everybody tends to have a pretty solid normal opinion on things. Because like the characters that I will like go to bat for are characters that normally everybody likes. Hmm. I remember you saying something one time that I was like, oh, hot take. But uh, I don't remember who it was. What was it? I don't remember who it was anymore. But I remember you saying it one time and I was like, oh. Yeah, I I think it was like. I don't know. I I want us to stay friends. I think it was in the pandemic times when I first started rewatching Grey's. I I guess that was 2021, 2020. I might have been 2020. Is it because I hate DeLuca? No, that's not it. Because I'm like, I liked him, but then they did really weird things with this character, and then they just wrote him off real hard, and it was like, what is happening right now? It was bizarre. Yeah, I just, I I hate him. Every yeah, part it, of him, I was like, go away. It was not. I'm it was almost not like, okay, we're not going to talk about this right now. So we'll sorry. get into it in our spinoff podcast, what The Grey Gals. Okay, what uh, if that's our Patreon? Patreon is Grey's Anatomy. People like just hearing us talk. It's just Sam and Michelle. Sam Michelle, please uh, let us know what you care if we did Grey's Anatomy. Because we could just like read it and it wouldn't be like a burden on us to have to rewatch that because we already have seen it. Okay, coming soon to a Patreon near you. Lauren and Bridget cover Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> All right, we'll anyway. See. We'll but see. Here's, we'll talk about it. Here's the uh, other anyway, academy. <laughs> today we'll talk about Orin High School Host Club. Uh, we watched episodes 21 through 24. <laughs> and they were great. Uh, I'm going to read you the Netflix summary of episode 21. Until the day it becomes a pumpkin. Uh, Haruki's classmates hold a Halloween competition to find out who can be the scariest. But the fear of, oh, sorry, I typoed. The fear in Kaoru's heart is nothing, has nothing to do with ghosts. I did not type these in a good headspace. <laughs> so sorry. There's so many typos. Whoa. But that's, that's it. okay. Go. That's okay. All right. So I'm on my laptop. So I'm, you're going to disappear. So if you make facial reactions, I won't know. So you have verbalized. <laughs> Uh, okay. I got so, you. aka, this is the Halloween episode. It's my first note. <laughs> so, episode begins full moon, and there's this carriage riding through the night. While Kaori's voice is heard saying that at midnight, the carriage will turn back into a pumpkin, even though the spell on the Kaori? carriage. Kaoru. Wow. 
Maybe I have dyslexia. Bro, you went back a whole anime. Yeah. Whoa. Kaoru. It's spelled spelled correctly, too. So I just went straight to Kaori. You need some dyslexia classes, my bro. No, because I just bought my eye relaxing ones. We're done with glasses. I can't have four pairs. Anyway, even though the spell isn't cast by a fairy godmother. So we're looking at class one. Is this first view of them actually in class? Seen them in class before or whenever uh, the twins were fighting. Oh, that's true. Okay. I was going to say, rarely do we actually see them in the academic section of the show. Um, yeah. But so class 1A, uh, we're in Kaoru is daydreaming those, what we just saw as the class representatives. Oh, gosh. Kaz- Kazukio Soga. Gosh, I'm going to. Soga. Soga. Yeah. Just call I was gonna, Soga. I was going to say, because I'm going to struggle this whole episode you were not wrong it is kazukio okay so you're not wrong and momoka don't feel bad about it kurakano all right here we go confidence discuss the class event to be held uh following fall exams in the upcoming holiday harry's class has a halloween event called the halloween test of courage tournament in which the teams do the best to scare each other before anyone can suggest a new thing. Also, none of the rules made sense. No, but I love it. Also, this episode was really hard for me to follow, just like comprehension. I don't know if it was like a translation thing, but I was like, this whole pumpkin carriage thing, I was like, that's not how the pumpkin carriage in a fairy tale works. I'm so confused. But um, I'll get to that in the end. I don't think that Kaoru understands fairy tales. No. Um, I understand the reference he's trying to make is like, uh, eventually it has to turn back into a pumpkin. Like you have to see it for what it is, but it didn't make sense as a reference for this. this. No, like mm-hmm. it was bizarre. Um, so it, they do the best to scare each other. And before anyone can suggest anything, Ringe jumps onto a desk and talks about Halloween, suggesting that the class should hold an event called the Test of Courage Tournament. The losing team's gonna be will be featured on the front page of the school paper with the headline "The Captain of All Cowards." Uh, back in the music room, the host club is cosplaying as vampires. How appropriate for this episode! And Haruhi and the twins arrive late, and they're still in school uniform, reminding us that you know they're a grade lower than like everybody else. So Tamaki's mind goes into overdrive as he imagines Haruhi with the twins during this event, clinging to them in the dark, you know, like when you take a date out to a scary movie. Um, And he declares this is the most disturbing thing for me. And it it happens again in another episode. Daddy doesn't like it. I hate that so much. Uh, (laughs) I hate when he refers to it as daddy or father. I don't like it. Uh, so the antique carriage appears with Kaoru stating in a voiceover that this is the magic spell. I get what they're doing now, but it just really does not make sense. Um, I, Tamaki thinking of the host club as his family. Uh, the first year trio leaves as Umehito, which is, uh, what's his name? Cause, cause, cause. I don't know why I chose to write his real name and not what we call him. Soga. Call him Soga. No, no, no. The other guy. The other guy. Hold on. Hold on. What's his name? What? 
Kazukio, but not him. It it's the guy with the little stupid doll. Oh, Black Magic uh, Club. Nekazawa. Nekazawa. I wrote his first name, so I was sitting here like, I know I wrote his last name somewhere else because I was like, why do I keep writing his first oh. name? I don't even know if I like know his first name. Well, that's what, what I, Mejito is his first name, and I think I'm saying that more in a Spanish way than Japanese. But oh well, that's Nekazawa. A stupid name. No offense, <laughs> Nekazawa, but your name is dumb. <laughs> All offense, because he's a weird dude. All right, so the first, the three leave just I as know. Nekazawa emerges from the coffin, leaning against the wall of the music group. He tells Tamaki that the Black Magic Club is happy to assist in creating some pure, unadulterated terror, and then goes back in the coffin in a very Nekazawa way. So their class president, Soga, is not keen on this whole scary thing, but um, and so basically he tells uh, Haruhi that he has nyctophobia, which is a fear of the dark. He begs for Haruhi's help, and she says, you know, I'll keep this a secret, don't worry. But the twins over here, and then and now they're all on a team together called Team B. So it's the night of the event. It's Halloween, uh, and Team B is huddled in the corridor of the school. And the twins are telling them a scary story about the evil clock tower witch, who is once an Oran student that fell to her death from the clock tower and curses whoever sees her ghost on Halloween night. Uh... Poor Soga is terrified and Haruhi is mad at the twins for teasing him and they try to uh, give Soga helpful hints that he says is absolutely not helpful. Uh, So he's about to give up and then the twins mention Momoka's name. Momoka? Momoka? Momoka. 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 Momoka? Okay. Momoka's name. And Soga suddenly becomes all dreamy-eyed. They all obviously notice it, and he tries to deny it, but Soga clearly uh, has feelings for her. Um, Soga reveals that he has a crush on her. Obviously, I just wrote that. Uh, (laughs) uh, The the twins start to reconsider uh, Mm -hmm. making fun of him because they they realize he's a really innocent and kind person, and he kind of reminds them of Tamaki, which I thought was really sweet, that they like to, like, poke fun and stuff. Yeah, they like to poke fun, but then they realize, like, oh, this could be hurting them, and I don't want to do that. So it's like, they're good at heart now. Now. They are. They learned that from Tamaki, and I think that's just so sweet. All these episodes make me just... Like, there's one that we'll get to later with um, Bossa Nova, and they're like, we know who the bad guy is. And I was like, <laughs> anyway, that's a spoiler for, like, two episodes. Um, So, uh, at this moment, Haruhi notices a weird shadow by a window, and a skull falls down the stairs in front of him, and then a creepy figure appears at the top of, stair- of the stairs, and they're like, it's the Clock Tower Witch, and they all run away. Uh, Hikaru and Haruhi trigger a trap. This was funny. Uh, a trap that's like those nets that scoop you up, uh, that lifts them off the floor into a dangling rope net. Peggy, Peggy, stop it. Sorry, Peggy, she's eating flowers. Stop it. Oh no, just threw a pin at her. You disappeared when you threw that. that. <laughs> it was like you threw yourself into her. 
That's exactly what I did. Like your whole everything just went away. Okay. Okay. Went away. She's such a brat. Okay. okay. So jumping back into it. If I disappear again, I'm grabbing my cat. Uh so rope net. Okay. Nekazawa and the rest of the host club join forces to scare Team B and use Tamaki dressed as the clock tower witch to scare them. Haruhi and Oh, I just said that. They they do the net trap. And then Kaoru and Soga run in the opposite direction, only to be shoved and locked into an empty room by uh, the Nekazawa family servants. Um, so Nekazawa shows his face and is super excited this happened. And But Tamaki is like having a meltdown <laughs> because he looks over at the net and sees Hikaru and Haruhi like really close together. Uh, so they're not quite sure how to get out, but you know, Hikaru's, uh, their parents, her mom, their mom is a fashion designer. So he always has a little sewing kit in his pocket. So he has the sewing kit and uh, Haruhi cuts them from the net with a yeah, little- That was Haruhi's sewing kit. I thought it, I thought it was Hikaru's. That was Haruhi's. Hikaru would never be that prepared for anything in the world. I just no, thought since that it was, was fashion. Kit. Oh, okay. Uh, well, no, she Haruhi's. pulled it out of his pocket and he was like, that's weirdly girly of you. Well, and uh, the next part. <laughs> so she has to lean over him to cut the rope from behind him and get him all untangled because like you're hanging it's, there. It's kind of like through it. this. Remember, I can't Here, see you. Hold up. Oh, well, I put my fingers like, this is a person, and this is a person. Yeah, their legs are hanging out, and so they have to untangle and cut the rope. And so she has to lean over him, so her, like, boobs are in his face, and he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, no, it's fine. Take your time. And you can just see how flustered he is, and Tomaki is just, like, melting down around the corner. Um, But in the most dramatic way, he does not break character in this whole scaring thing, which I thought was hilarious. Um, so Kaoru and Soga have a little chat and Soga learns that the twins were actually planning to have him appear to be a brave hero in front of Momoka, uh, but moving, which made him feel like really sentimental. And I thought it was really good on the twins. I don't know. I love the twins after we've had like mm-hmm. those few episodes, like when we got to know them individually. They're phenomenal. <laughs> um stay on the twins yes that lightning thunderstorm church scene like was like what i was like all right we stand him we stand real hard i absolutely fell in love with hikaru when i when i first watched this one i was like 13 and (laughs) this was my everything and hikaru was my guy now being older i understand that i'm more of a tamaki girl and that's fine but I have the biggest soft spot for Hikaru. Like, ugh. that poor child. I would end I up him. falling for, um, what's his Mori? name? I love Mori. I would either fall for Mori, but I would probably end up being more gravitated towards, I can't think of his name. He's on my shirt that you gave me. Kyoya? Yeah, Kyoya. I, don't I, know. I would definitely. Well, honestly, I'd probably date Bossanova because I absolutely adore her. I would for other reasons than so his voice. He's actually, he's actually like my favorite character 
in the series. He wow. in the manga he does like last through this. Him and Haruhi are friends, and it's like I just love him so much. He's so awkward. I like him so uh, far. We only I'm sorry. Oh, I'll, I'll get crazy. <laughs> okay, I love when Christopher Sabat shows up in things, and I know he's coming. <laughs> I just cannot wait for you to be like. Is all my broke up. I couldn't hear you. You broke up, but I knew what you're saying. It was like, is this all might? <gasps> it is. I love all might. Oh, and I knew it well, was Christopher Sabat. As I won't soon as go I heard over it voice. again. Okay, so here we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Where did I leave off? Okay, they're going to have him appear brave in front of Momoka. He admits that he's happy with... uh, However, that he's happy with the way things are, much like Tamaki's view of his host club family. You know, it's kind of like the safety zone there. Like, if I change something, what if it goes wrong and all that? I like how things are right now. Um, To Kaoru, though, it means that Tamaki's dream of... Oh, no, I skipped a line. Uh, so during this, Kaoru muses to Soga about the carriage being turned back into a pumpkin, which Soga doesn't understand. But to Kaoru, though, it means that Tamaki's dream of keeping everyone together must end one day, and that his special relationship to his twin, Hikaru, must also end. So he's kind of realizing that people part ways, you start your own life. Like, it's kind of like that little, like, high school is like, or those, that age is a special time, and it, it you're not going to be able to just spit 24-7 with your best friends all the time. And that, when, that, when they said that, I was like, <laughs> the good days of You just die a little bit? Yeah, I'll never go back to band and theater times when I just got to be dumb with my friends all the time. I or know. college. Or that's why I stayed at Marketplace for so long, because it was just that group of all of us before we all split I up. I know. It was so toxic, though. <laughs> I know, but there was just fun. I don't know. I, I know. Um, it was I just so hung wonderful out time. There all the time. Pre-shift, post-shift. I don't know. I know. We were there it, forever. Like it was just leave. like high school. I don't know. It was it was. It was really fun. It was really fun. That was a really good time. Memories. Uh, anyway. Okay. So uh so Everybody uh, reunites, uh, and eventually all of Class 1A is all together. So after they meet up with everyone, they tell them they were worried and called off the contest just to look for everybody else. Uh, so while why, while Class A 1A stands there, Nekazawa scares them all by casting an enormous shadow of Beelzenef, the little puppet cat thing, over the the dome of the room that they're in, and everybody just freaks out and run runs. Uh, so the next day, the headline of the school newspaper reads: "Everyone in Class One A is a captain of all cowards," and has photographs of them. And I thought that was hilarious. Um, but Momoka tells Soga that she heard about his willingness to be scared just so she could be happy, and is really impressed and like touched by the thought. And it's uh alters their dynamic from static to evolving. You know, she's like, maybe there's something mm-hmm. there. So he could ruin how or he are walking together, talking, and Kaoru is close behind, considering what he'll do when Hikaru's dynamic changes 
the day Hikaru finds someone beside him to turn for comfort. Basically, like, when he starts his own life and maybe gets married one day and that person is now going to be his confiding person. And so the carriage has to turn back into a pumpkin. And that really doesn't make so sense sad. right there, but it's just saying the fairy tale has to end. And that was like, oh. and that's the episode. Okay. <laughs> it is sad. It is sad. Growing up sucks, Much everyone. Sad. That's the whole moral of this episode. Yeah. You're not wrong. Um, but luckily, uh, it's almost over. You just have to listen to me give you voice actors for two <laughs> characters, which is uh, Soga and Kurakono. So let's go. We're going to do Soga first. His English voice actor is Kyle Herbert. He plays Ryu in Street Fighter, the video games, and any cartoon affiliation with said video game. Uh, he plays older Gohan in Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Wasake Itadori and uh, Yoshino- Yoshi- Yoshinobu Gakaganji in Jujutsu Kaisen, which is the old okay. guy. I was like, why is his name like, sound I was like, so familiar? Jujutsu Kaisen. So he plays uh, Yuji's grandfather and the old man with the very long mustache in Jujutsu Kaisen. Gosh. Okay, I don't like that uh, guy. I know. No, he sucks. Uh, he also plays another guy who sucks, uh, Matarame <laughs> in Persona 5. But then a guy who doesn't suck so much, Fakum in My Hero Academia. Aww. And uh, Atomic Samurai and One Punch Man, which is also dope. And yet another guy who doesn't suck, Kiba in Boruto and Naruto. And he plays uh, Norikaki in JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. Oh, no, no. No, 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 Lauren. You cannot just say Norikaki and not say Kakyoin because you love Kakyoin. Get it in your head in Stardust Crusaders. And I am still upset about Kakyoin. Michael knows. Michael, I'm mad. No one even mentioned it. Michael after doesn't it listen to this. Well, he has to because I'm mad and I need him to know that I'm mad because okay. no one even mentions it. And he figured out everything. He's the reason that everything turns out the way it turns out. No one says anything and no one cares. And Michael, I'm furious. Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go to the next one. Uh, Japanese voice <laughs> actor is uh, Shinori Yamazaki. And he plays Dominic in Eureka 7. And that's kind of it. Um. <laughs> And then uh, Kurakano, her English voice actor is Carrie Savage. Uh, She plays, uh, I found a lot of credits for this, but I've never heard of it in my life. But she's done it like 50 different times. She's a much older voice actor. Um, And she plays Hakufu. Hakufu Sanasaku. Yes. Hakufu. Hakufu Sansaku. There you go. That's what it sounds like quickly. That was very difficult. In uh, Shin Iki Tausen, which sounds familiar, but I have no idea what it is. Someone tell me. Uh, then she plays uh, Toya in Vampire Knight, who's a very tired little vampire girl who sucks. 
plays Rachel Boyd in Soul Eater and Mei Ling in The Gray Man. Oh, and Kea in One Piece. I found a lot of those too. Japanese voice actor is Tomomi uh, Watanabe. And the only thing that I recognized in their very smallest of things was Hanoko from Mob Psycho 100. So that's that. Those be your people. Here's episode 22. Mori Senpai has an apprentice candidate. Huzzah. Netflix summary. <laughs> After some time with the host, bad boy Casanoda. Kasan- I keep forgetting his name is actually Casanoda and not Casanova. <laughs> Uh, Bad Boy Kasunoda starts looking at things differently, and he's looking at Haruhi in a whole new way, too. All right, here we go. So the episode begins at the Kasunoda Syndicate's main house and family residence. If you don't know what syndicate means, it's gangs. Uh, So Ritsu Kasunoda is a student of class 1D at Oran, and he walks past a group of really tough-looking men, and you tell him to have a good day at work, and several times he just turns around and screams that he's, I'm going to school, you idiot! Uh, which I thought was funny. Uh, because as soon as he yelled, I was like, is that, is that Christopher Sabat? Is that All Might? <laughs> That's like immediately when I texted you. It took one word, and I was like, <gasps> oh. um... I love him so good. I love him. Uh, so oh, he's wonderful. Just so, I love finding him in everything because he plays everything. Uh, so Tetsuya, a younger clan member, asks if he'll be taking the car, but Ritsu declines. As he walks away, the crew advises Tetsuya to be more careful in how he addresses the young lord because his glare seemed more vicious than usual today, an indication in their minds that he's ticked off at some stupid kid at school. So hint to something else in fact ritsu is more preoccupied with another student takashi mori nozuka mori um so in the music room the hosts are cosplaying because of course uh in samurai costumes and it's a cosplay basic and why did i oh i skipped a line i was like why did i just write that uh Haruhi expresses her surprise that it's so popular and the twins tell her it's a cosplay basic and honey adds that the girls uh who love it are simply they're just really crazy about it uh Rinkeng unravels a little mini history lesson about the Ik- Ikidaya Inn and the noble like Shinsegumi uh just getting all hyped about her telling this <laughs> about herself telling this story um so Kyoya compliments Renge on her suggestion that the guests be allowed to project identities onto the hosts instead of giving them specific roles uh, and their friendly exchange indicate ind- indicative goodness of a normalized relationship between those two. Uh, so it's just showing that Renge is still on her acting and personalities for people and I don't know, but it's okay when they're cosplaying. Um. So Mori sits with his clients and client, the girls, discussing who he favors when the host suddenly leaps up and lunges his sword through the soji jar. Tamaki thinks he's angry because he's finally lost patience with his lackluster script, but Mori declares, no, they have an intruder. Ritsu is seen rushing towards Mori with an angry face. It's not an angry face, it's just his face. Uh, only to fall on the ground in humility, begging for Mori to take him as an apprentice. Kyoya rattles off on pertinent information regarding the first year, calling him a human weapon, which Ritsu denies. 
Tamaki asks why he wants to be Mori's apprentice, and the twins begin to call him Casanova and Bossanova instead of Casanova, uh, causing the young lord to grimace angrily. When they point out a scary face, he grows despondent, saying it's been this way since he was a kid. Uh, there's a lovely flashback showing Risu, Ritsu as a toddler, then as a young boy, each with a fearful face, but being taught the ways of being a crime syndicate family from his dad. Uh, but now he wants his friends and doesn't know how to breach the social gap between himself and others because basically he turns everyone to ice with his face. He has, he has RBF. And I love that they actually show people like turning to ice as an example. Um, he hopes that Mori, who in his words has a face like a watchdog from hell, but has a lot of friends and admirers, will be able to teach him his secret. In classic fashion, Tamaki refuses to help him until the host club begs him to help him, and then it becomes his absolutely one and only thing he's going to hyperfixate on. Um, so the first Tamaki thing he just has like really bad ADD. That's exactly what it is. He's a golden retriever, high golden retriever yeah. energy there. Um, yeah, we love it. <laughs> so the first thing he tells Ritsu is that he must obtain a lovely item like honey. Uh, that softens his appearance just by being being near him. Uh, the others agree that without honey, Mori's just a big, you know, like scary thing. And an idea that shocks the tall host, who then vehemently denies this is the case, while Honey sadly asks if he's being used as a prop. Um, Tamaki sets the twins to work to work uh, to do his to fix his. Ritsu's Yankee fashion sense is what he calls it. And they alter him to make him peer, appear totally ridiculous without intention. And uh, everyone pretend, at home, everyone pretends not to notice his red hair, polka dot scarf, and uh, Kumachan, uh, which is his lovely item. Um, so the following day, Ritsu approaches Mori and Honey, offering to carry Mori's school bag. As he moved towards them, Mori shoves him back. And so you think like, oh my gosh, why is he shoving him? Um, but, oh, I lost my note. Where did I go? Oh, uh, he pushes him back no. just in time to avoid being hit by a fallen potted plant and then another. So in the music room, Ritsu states that he believes that someone is after Mori. Tamaki cons uh, considers this for a few seconds, but then goes back to his, we got to turn Bossa Nova into the best friendly person ever uh project while the hosts are discussing some makeover plans haruhi gives ritsu a cup of tea and sits with him which is i just love that haruhi's just like a comfort to people um yeah. and i love She's this another way yeah but i love this scene because it's the classic am i gay um i ship it i cannot tell you how many fics i've read of the two of them i love They're them so two cute. together but his little like so re-examining his whole life right here was i thought pretty funny and done really sweetly also, good for him like his thoughts yeah. were so pure that whole time he wasn't it, just like it no wasn't how dare like, i he was how just dare like, I? Oh yeah God, it was just like, so new i learned a new thing about myself i guess it's so uh, this show does that really well because tamaki yeah. very obviously was into haruhi because we'll explain that at the end of this episode i mean it's so okay address. basically he Is just it? has that whole thought yeah i break it down huh here we go okay go ahead go ahead <laughs> sorry my uh, spoilers, Lauren. I'm just Whoa. kidding. Spoilers for a show that's 15 years old. We've we've already watched. 
that's the whole reason for your everyone should have just watched it. Uh, okay, so um where did I go? Oh, uh they're having tea. Ritsu finds him, Haruhi, strangely compelling and very much like a chick, as he says. But Tamaki is uh oh, this is just Tamaki is heard saying that Ringe's little inside scoop on lovely items right now in style right now is kitty ears and suggested the twins should go all the way on this idea. But um basically, uh do I cut back to this? Yeah, okay. So, but Ritsu and Haruhi are sitting there and they're just kind of talking and about life, and he's just like sitting there considering, like, do I like them? Is he it, it, you know having that whole breakdown in my gay but uh he's i think i go back into this later do i am i getting ahead of myself i think i'm jumbling so confused I'll, I'll i'll find it i think it is another go one. back to cat ears go back to cat ears okay, okay so um go back to cat ears <laughs> that's what i knew so Tetsuya arrives and sees his young lord dressed as a kitty cat maid because they went all the way, but tells him he can do as he likes in his spare time, which is a very supportive guy. Uh, Ritsu, utterly embarrassed, runs right? away. Best friend. Yeah, good good guy. Uh, so Ritsu is hiding in the garden maze, feeding an injured bird he's nursed back to health. <laughs> I love him. Um, Haruhi finds Sweet him child. and they converse easily and something Ritsu finds he can never do with a girl except Haruhi's just a guy which totally confuses him then a can of red paint comes flying at them oh I didn't write it okay so when they're having tea uh basically there's this moment where he's like I think I like him do we want to hang out more and then like she friend zones him real hard and I was like oh no oh is it, yes is it, it in this brutal. episode or is it it's in... so brutal yes oh no, or is it next, next episode. episode it's the so, next episode so that's what it is that's what i was getting that's confused on episode. they have tea again and that happens in the next oh. okay i thought i was like missing yeah. a bullet point i was like it's I the next episode because it is that. it's such a painful. sweet moment and then you're like it's so painful. <laughs> she just okay. destroys it Okay, next that uh, next episode. Okay, I'm not missing uh, a bullet point. I was like, I know I wrote that. Okay. Um, so uh, just then, a can of red paint comes flying at them, but it's intercepted by Honey, which I love that they're just like out of nowhere. I I just love when the whole host group teams up to protect one of their own. I don't know. It makes me all warm and fuzzy inside, and I it's like my favorite feeling. Um. But it's intercepted by Honey, so only a bit of paint splashes on Haruhi's blazer, uh, which I love because Tamaki runs over and is like, is that blood? <laughs> um, but the hosts join them just in time to see Mori apprehending two rough-looking students, the same ones from the movie shoot that we don't like, that were roughhousers. How old am I? Uh, they accuse Ritsu of kidnapping Boss Sendo's son. <laughs> They are rough houses and hooligans. <laughs> Why? Oh, that's not a, that's not even there. in my notes. I just that was my brain. The rough houses. <laughs> I was like, Lord. Um Youths. <laughs> so while Hikaru and Kaoru are enjoying tying up the ruffians, Honey and Mori admit that they knew it was Ritsu being targeted the whole time, but kept quiet about it so they could capture the culprit. So basically they used him as bait for a little bit until they could figure it out. Uh, Ritsu inquires why they would here we go this is it 
why they would help him. And Maury pats his head saying, we can tell who the bad guys are by looking at them. A statement which Ritsu finds touching and especially from someone he admires, which just like in this part, I was like, well, (laughs) Maury doesn't speak, but when he speaks, it's good. It's great. It's great. Um, so it was tit- so sweet. I love Mori. Um, so Tetsuya arrives and berates the teenage goons, revealing to Ritsu that he is the son uh that he is the son of the head of the Sindo syndicate, but left home because of their cutthroat tactics, which is like <gasps> that's why he's so kind to him because he understands the pressures. Um flashback to Tetsuya on the street, sitting alone in the rain, when Ritsu extends both an umbrella and a hand in friendship, earning Tetsuya's loyalty and devotion. So through his kindness is how he made a friend, no matter how he looked. So Ritsu asks Tetsuya to wait for him as he heads back to Music Room 3 to apologize to Haruhi, who went to go clean up, for ruining her blazer. His blazer in this point. Uh, upon finding the music room empty, he's like, hello, hello. He goes into the prep room without warning, you know, because they're just both a bunch of bros. And there's Haruhi in the midst of changing, shirtless. She just has her bra on. Realizing that he is a she, Ritsu just reacts in the only way possible in this anime and just, like, screams and runs out of the room. Uh, so... Uh, he learns about Haruhi's gender by accident, which is exactly how Tamaki learned. And there's a lot of parallels with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the host club busts in to see this happening, and that's how the episode ends. And then picks up right in the next episode where that ended. All Beep, right. Bing. Well, we have, gosh, I, how many people do I have in this? We're, so We're just going to go down. Uh, number one, we got. Ritsu Kasunoda, of course, his English voice actor is Christopher Sabat. If you don't know who that is, you are insane, but I'm going to tell you. He plays Zoro in One Piece. Rorano Zoro. I can never say his name correctly. I read it like Roro every Ro-ro-ro. time. <laughs> I just read Roro Zoro every time, and I know that's I like wrong, that. and I don't care. Uh, <laughs> he also plays Despa in Ranking of Kings. Toshinori Yagi or All Might in My Hero Academia, Donro Ozo in Fire Force, Anyai Soma or Anyaime Soma in Fruits Baskets. Forgive me, I do not watch Fruits Baskets. Uh, Vegeta and Piccolo in Dragon Ball Z, Goro Sasabe in Free, Yami Sukihiro in Black Clover, Keith Swarm in An Attack on Titan, Christopher. Chris Christophe Gia Comenti. There, I can never say that either. <laughs> in Yuri on Ice. Oh, it's so freaking hard. This one I hate too. Kakayu Kakayugo Yugioki. Kakayugioki. Oh, ah, ah. In Tokyo Ravens. I tried that three times yesterday and still <laughs> could not say it correctly. Uh, Albert Inde in The Devil is a Part-Timer, and of course, Alex Luis Armstrong in Full Metal Alchemist I was like, dang, is she leaving this at the end? Yes. I would never. But uh, the next guy is also pretty stinking cool, the Japanese voice actor for 
Bossa Nova. Bossa Nova. <laughs> is uh, Wataru Hanato, or Hatano. There we are. Sorry. Hatano. And he plays uh, Osawa in Bubble, Burton in Moriarty the Patriot. Oh, can I even say this? Haruta Shigemo? Shigemo in Jujutsu Kaisen. Hitoshi Shoto in My Hero Academia. Uh, Gregory Popovich in Yuri on Ice. Uh, Taro in Mob Psycho 100. Uh, Mitor Mitojiro? Mitojiro? Mitojiro Kaji in Bungo Stray Dogs. Uh, Metal Bat in One Punch Man. Josuke Higashikata in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Diamond is unbreakable. It's a lot of great people. Also, Josuke is best boy. He's the best boy in all of in all of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I love him. I will marry him. I don't care what anyone says. Him and his best friend are idiots. And I I just love him so much. Anyway, thank you. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk about Josuke Higashikata. <laughs> uh, we will get to that eventually. Uh, all right. Who else do I got? And then I also have his friend, Sindo, who, the guy, the nice guy. Uh, his English voice actor is John Bergermeyer. Uh, he plays Adam Whiteley in Moriarty the Patriot, teacher in the case study of Vanitas. Uh, Tian? Uh, Shinhan? I know it's Shinhan, but I think it's Tian. I'm probably saying this wrong, and I'm sorry, everyone who likes Dragon Ball Z. It, it's from Dragon Ball Z. Sam will correct uh, I play you. So Don't worry about and... it. Oh, Sam. Sam, I'm sorry. I, I, get I don't mean to ruin Dragon Ball Z for you. <laughs> it's been a long time. Uh, does he just complain about how horribly I say There's things? only one time. There's only one time he goes, that pronunciation of that one name made me die inside. <laughs> That's the only time he said work. something. Everything else is fine. It's normally me saying something bizarre, but there was only once and I laughed. I go, man, we have a hard time pronouncing names. I don't remember who yeah, it was. Which one was it? Was it me or was it Bridget? It was you. <laughs> so sad. Let me find no. it. You keep going. I'll tell you what it is. I don't want to know. Oh. Uh. I'm devastated. Okay, well, <laughs> all right. Uh, he also plays uh, Clayman, and that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Uh, Ed shot in My Hero Academia, and Dieter in Attack on Titan, that one guy that I was a, a butt about. Um, and uh, Paul Jones and Black Butler, and uh, Dieter. <laughs> The best meltdown of this episode was us yelling that we were and we were both correct but us yelling about it. I know. Who would name two characters the same name in the same scene? Someone who really wants to watch two (laughs) girls just destroy their (laughs) Over the stupid they weren't even big characters. They're both dead. No, they were so minor. We never see them again after those couple episodes. They're they rode those horses and straight and up I, died. Uh, I'm. It was you, so stupid. Do you want to know? I found uh, it. Do you want to anyway, know what it is? Yes, I do. 
So it was October 17th. So it was last month. It was the one where I couldn't think of Kevin Conroy for Batman. And I was like, what does that name sound familiar? Was he Batman? It was not. See, I'm normally the one getting fact checked. You um, pronounce his name is Kiyosoma. It's K Y O S O H M A. You pronounced it apparently K O Soma. And he goes, hearing Lauren saying Kyo Soma is Kyo Soma hurt me physically. You know what? I'm not even mad about it though, because I am so Texan at this point that I cannot help it. And I don't even notice it. Okay, I feel better now. That was I feel it. better now, Sam. That's all. Thank you. <laughs> Great. Uh, I really do try. It's really hard, y'all. It I, is hard. It's a lot of names. We're American. It's a lot. We're not cultured um, in how to pronounce other people's and names, I would, and it's I very would like sad to be cultured. And I am trying. We're putting an effort I'm in more so than most sorry. Americans. So. Okay. So Japanese voice actor is Daisuke <laughs> Namikawa. That one was okay. Now I'm just really like oh you good bro you good bro myself okay well he plays uh Narcisco in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean Fudge uh he plays Stone Ocean Fudge uh, Stone Ocean Fudge that's the new name actually <laughs> they, instead of naming everyone after rock stars they named them after different desserts I'm here for it what a great British Bake Off anime spinoff I'm in oh no that's Food Wars oh I guess that is actually a show <laughs> anime what haven't they done ah, he also plays I'm not even going to try to say this name he plays the guy that makes the swords in Demon Slayer the hot one Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we've that said one. him before yeah Yes, uh, he plays Chozo in Jujutsu Kaisen, and uh, I don't know who it is. I did not know the face, so I'm assuming it's from the movie. Um, I, I think that's the person. He plays Mujin Park in God of High School. Uh, Gilbert, well, I did not put where that was from, so he plays a guy named Gilbert Bungalvalia. Um, Don't know who that is. Because I did not write down where he's from. My bad. Uh, he plays uh, Momoshiki Suki. Atsusuki. 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 Yes, in Boruto. That was hard. He also plays Gierno in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Eyes of Heaven. So he's like the main character in that. He plays Yu uh, Narukami in Persona 4. All the Persona games are coming to PlayStation in January. Catch me at that PlayStation boy. Uh, Wirt in the Japanese version of Over the Garden Wall, which made me so freaking happy. And uh, of course, Toru. Oh, no. Okay. Can't be, of course. In the original run of Hunter x Hunter, he played Hizuka. He doesn't play him in the new one. And uh, he plays Toru Okawa in uh, Haikyuu. The English voice actor was. Oh. I didn't even put that person. No, I already did that. I just missed a whole freaking character. Because he just... I, I don't know what I did to it. I just have English and Japanese voice actors. And no name above it. So that person will not receive any credit. And I am so sorry that that happened. 
Um, They're going to listen to this the episode end. now. Probably. Uh, well, I, I don't think so, because apparently the English voice actor for that person's name was Jay Wilson, and I just put nope, and then there was no listed voice <laughs> actor for the Japanese voice actor. So, so, Chozo is in the show, and he's a lot more in the manga, obviously, but he's in yeah the, not the movie, him. but the show. I think we only see him once right now, because he's a character bigger later on because i also later yeah because i looked him up and i was like why don't i know him either i think he might be the i mean it's been a while i think no the guy in the sewer was what's his name yeah that's a different guy yeah i'm gonna but i i I need to rewatch the show anyway but yeah, I also don't recognize him. But they, they yeah. it says he's was in the show, not not in the movie. Which have you still not seen the movie? Yeah, I don't know. Bro, no, I still haven't watched it. I know. I, I know need to watch it. I just is this I'm in a depression. Anywhere? It's on Crunchyroll now. Oh, it's on Crunchyroll. Okay, because I I also want to rewatch that. It's mm-hmm. great. Like. Five people have reminded me they're like it's on Crunchyroll, and I'm like, yes, I'm aware. I'm a sad girl. Leave me alone. Sad girl needs to go to sunken place, and I have other anime obligations that I record about. So get out. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> episode twenty three, Tamaki's unwitting depression. Here's your Netflix summary. Now that uh, Kasanoda's hooked on Haruhi. His constant presence in the music room is stirring some troubling emotions in the hearts of a few hosts. Just two. Ta-da! Here we go. Just two. So, episode picks up exactly where the last one ended. With Ritsu and Haruhi facing off in the prep room and music room three, where Haruhi was changing, and he realizes she he is a she. Uh, he freaks out, runs, and runs into the twins, who are, like, ready to square up. Call him a peeping Tom, and they get real serious. And Honey, who states that Ritsu's denials of perversion sound like a guilty conscience. Uh, and knowing the Hananozuka's uh, reputation, Ritsu is terrified of Honey. Which I love that some, it's so easy to forget that Honey is, like, the most deadly person in the world. And I just freaking love that. Um, and so then the quite big statement of the episode is so fujioka is a girl and everything stops hikaru and kaoru decide inducing amnesia is necessary and get ready to hit him with the baseball bat until y- kyoya of course calmly uh intercedes with that's enough you two leave assault and battery to the professionals that was my best kyoya accent i mean in in impersonation too good i'm not gonna lie thank you Like, if you had just gotten into that, I would have assumed you were him. That's enough, you two. He just, he always starts and goes down. And so, I don't know. I'm obsessed with him, obviously. Uh, So, Tamaki is (laughs) rapidly regressing. And Kyoya does what Kyoya does best. uh, Ruthless intimidation with a smile. Uh, So, Haruhi tells everyone to knock it off and apologizes for their rudeness. The twins ask Ritsu, now that you know Haruhi's a girl, are you in love? And... Tamaki's head explodes. (laughs) Later, at the Kasunoda residence, Ritsu's fellas weep in frustration, uncertain as to why their young lord can't eat and won't talk to them. 
Uh, Tetsuya divulges that he accidentally caught Ritsu admitting that he's in love with Fujioka. Hi. So when they ask if he's got a chance at winning her heart, Tetsuya's, uh, says that Haruhi is him they he's a him at this point like they all think that Haruhi is a boy and they're just like Lauren that's literally the sentence I'm about to finish saying (laughs) go ahead uh I'm supposed to interact with you I'm sorry like I'm about to say for a guy like all dramatically Uh, so they ask like if he's got a chance at winning it and Tetsuya says well Haruhi has a cute face for a dude uh and pandemonium ensues by himself ritsu comes to the conclusion that haruhi must be in some sort of trouble that forces her to dress like a boy and pledges to keep her secret i love that he gets like real protective though like she must be doing this he's adorable danger um is the sweetest of all the boys that's just a fact with the sexiest voice ever um just love it anyway the next day ritsu visits the host club as a guest and requests fujioka oh this is the tea scene uh so Ringe rises on her rig per usual with her maniacal laughter and says at last the genuine article uh so the flames sweep through uh, the music room as haruhi serves ritsu tea and they begin to talk the twins watch the ongoing exchange and ask Kiyoya to evict him because he's scaring the guests, to which Kiyoya replies, oh no, I don't think he is. Uh, and he's right. The guests are, in fact, loving the situation, inviting their friends to come and witness something truly amazing, which, <laughs> a little problematic there. They're, like, gawking. Did they, they call it, did they call it Mo in... Yes. In the English version, too? Okay. I didn't know if it was, uh, if they actually said that or not. The Flames of Mo. Yeah. The Flames of Mo. Okay. I don't know what that means, though. Cool. Oh, it's it's another word for, like, yaoi. Just boy love. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Gay. That's it. Just fling. Got it. Um, so, what? uh, yeah, I skipped that word because I didn't know what it meant. I just wrote it and I was like, I don't know what this is. Uh, so everybody's gawking so at it. Uh, in desperation, the twins physically toss Tamaki towards the pair, and he manages to stand upright and walk like a robot towards the couple coming to sit in between them. Haruhi moves him to one side and tries to keep him busy with like a little finger puzzle, like a toddler. Uh, the twins persist, calling him on his cell phone and asking him to imagine Haruhi as a mob wife with him. And when Tamaki Tamaki just like absolutely melts down and goes crazy, demanding that Ritsu leave and ha- Ritsu leave Haruhi alone and that he, as her father, forbids him to see her, referring to himself like his daddy again. Ritsu's understandably confused and states like what Tamaki has denied for so long, which is so interesting because I like that they started spinning it like this that he is not. Haruhi's father. He is not her protector, is basically what they're trying to say. Sorry, Peggy's like trying to eat my computer. Um, so waking from his faint that happened, he fainted on the opposite side of the music room. Tamaki lies on the floor at long last, admitting he is not Haruhi's father and he is not her protector. But why is he so jealous of other males paying her any attention? You sweet, dumb golden retriever. 
idiot. <laughs> you like her, you dummy. He's so stupid. <laughs> so much could have been solved so quickly. Uh, right? Uh, it's but what a dummy. I love him, though. Uh, so the hosts are all astounded at his continued stupidity. So they, as they all huddle around the end of the room, Haruhi and Ritsu watch from the other side. Haruhi states that although Tamaki isn't a real dad, he sometimes acts like her dad. This restorative message re- recasts the spill on the carriage little thing, and Tamaki is rejuvenated in his convictions. That is until Ritsu asks Haruhi if he could come and visit her more often at the music room from time to time, like call on her, like the hosts and what are they called? Not guests. Clients? No. They call them something. I don't remember. Um, uh, there's like a word they keep uh, using. Why can't I remember that? It's not guests. I. It's not clients. I don't know. We'll think of it in probably another episode. <laughs> um, so he wants to come visit yeah, her and call on her from time know. to time. Uh Harvey agrees that'd be nice to be better acquainted. He's like, okay. So then basically he's like about to declare his love for her, sees it. And then she goes, I'd love for us to be friends. And before he can even like try, he's already friend zoned it, friend zoned before uttering a word. But also it's like Harvey wasn't necessarily trying to friend zone him. She was just trying to be kind. She knows he needs friends. Anyway. It was the most brutal but shoot down if you know both the, sides. In the Japanese version, it definitely plays as she's aware of his feelings and she is not oh, interested. Oh no! I like the way that it's done. Oh no! She's like, and the translation is slightly different because he was like, "Can I come see you from time to time?" And she's like, "Yeah, of course. It'd be great to further our relationship." And then it pauses and she goes, as friends. Oh, like, yeah, it's definitely dead not ass, like that. Dead boys, just as friends. Oh, yeah. And it she definitely... says it as loudly as you There's no pause possible. on the dub. It's just like, yeah, I'd love to get to know you as a friend. And then, oh, that's brutal. Brutal. Um, so. Oh, it is. It is. Everyone's caught up in the drama and heartache, and they begin to cry tears of Mo devotion, declaring themselves to all be his friends. Ringe leaves saying, Adieu, adieu, brave one, as a poor Tamaki sits on the floor with Kyoya and Mori nearby. Tamaki admits feeling empathy with the rejected Ritsu, because basically he's watching what could happen to him, which Kyoya points out is odd for a father figure. Yeah, because it's not. Uh, the wheels mm-hmm. spin in Tamaki's mind, perhaps for the first time. Big old dummy. Uh, so then we see the host uh-huh. and their guests, including Ritsu, playing kick the can uh, on the lawn, which is so funny because the last episode, all he wanted to do was have someone play kick the can with him, which was so sad. Uh, Tetsu does, though. Uh, Tamaki grabs uh, Tamaki grabs Haruhi's hand. And drags her along, just as he's done in the past. The twins of Kyoya, though, intrude on them as they group huddle under a table within the gazebo. Honey and Mori sit up in an adjacent tree, discussing how both Hikaru and Tamaki may be starting to understand their feelings towards Hari. I love that they all know, but they don't. Oh, yeah. Uh, I also like that they just all talk about it. Yeah, but the, the they're poor, just like, what's going on? Poor 
Kaori, I mean, uh, Kaoru and gosh, I keep saying Kaori. Kaoru and Kyoya. You have to let her go. That's too soon. That's too soon, Lauren. You made me watch that <laughs> dumb, sad show. And then you weren't even there for two months. Anyway, here we go. Kaoru. <laughs> And Kiyoya, uh, that they may, but there may be someone even more oblivious than those two about their intentions toward the girl. Uh, the episode ends with Tamaki declaring that Haruhi belongs to him, and Haruhi goes, "I don't belong to anybody," because her independent spirit is one of the reasons they all adore her so much in the first place. And that's how the episode ends which is great because then we go to the next episode which is just a flashback so we didn't even get to see the aftermath of her being like i don't belong to anybody um i love this episode i love this next episode so much it's really sweet and i think it's such a great perfect yeah i just i love it it's a it's a much softer side of kyoya and Mm -hmm. That's just nice to see. It's nice to see him like actually care about something and yes. to see him crack a little bit. Um, but anyway, this is uh, the Netflix summary for episode 24. And oh, Sto- was there Kyo no Yamatin. voice actors in the last one? I guess we knew everybody, right? Oh, no, there was all the same people. Okay, cool. Um, once intense rivals, uh, Tamaki and Kyoya have built a solid, if unlikely, friendship by utilizing each other's strengths. Bye bye bye. So here we go. Weird. We open as we usually do in Music Room 3 with the Oran Host Club's guests. They keep My notes keep saying guests, so maybe it's guests, but I feel like there's something else. I don't know. It is guests. Feels wrong. Maybe it's because mm. we use guests so much for work. I they use guests. Say client. Well, Kyoya says client. 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 I don't know. I don't know. So they're discussing Kotatsu in the room. Kyoya looks at, up at Tamaki from his notebook as he expresses his hope that the girls will enjoy some home-style service of dining under a kotatsu. While standing beside Kyoya, Haruhi asks if the kotatsu service was Tamaki's idea, to which Kyoya replies, yeah, and continues writing. And then she asks, why would someone as cool as you fall for a crazy idea like a high school host club? Kyoya looks over to where Tamaki stands with genuine affection and says, well, it was all because of a crazy idea. And then we go into our flashback, which is... Um, so, here we go. It's two years before the first episode with uh, Kyoya entering his final spring semester in middle school. Uh, we see Kyoya's bedroom suite, and it's vacant and empty and huge. There's, like, no life or personality in it. Uh, when he's depicted at school, we see him speaking with a ton of classmates who express friendliness with Kiyoya. But uh, when we see from Kiyoya's perspective, he's just clocking him as like, oh, their dad is a major business person. Their dad is a major tech person. And I need to make friends with them so I can have an opportunity and I can have a way into this. It's very business oriented. Uh, what can I, what relationship can I make to better myself in this world? Um so when he's invited to go to the mountains to stargaze with a person, Kyoya remarks to himself that he couldn't care less about stargazing, but is very interested in meeting the boy's very important father. 
So we see Kyoya back at home that evening where he's like writing notes or something. And his older sister, Fiumi, which why are all older sisters named Fiumi? Uh, My Hero Academia. Mm -hmm. Well, do you know any more older sister Fiumis or just those two? Just those two. And so that's all. So that's every older that is sister. All. <laughs> Lauren, this is, for my repertoire, right. that is a cool. pretty great amount. Um, so oh, no. I lost my note. There it is. Okay, so he's very interested in the so Fumi uh berates him for imposing on the boy in order to gain access to his father. Kyoya replies that it's a simple give and take, so being very business-minded again. Fiumi then reminds him that as the third son, their father, 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 express father. <laughs> it's late. My tongue stopped working. Father. <laughs> There's a D in there now. Uh, express. Oh, express. Oh my so God. Expects oh my less gosh. of him than their older brothers, to which Kiyoya expresses regret but determines not only to surpass his father's, this one paragraph is going to kill me, surpass his father's expectations, but to never step on his brother's toes in the process. So he wants to be the best. He wants to inherit everything, but he wants to earn it. He doesn't want to like take undercut his brothers. He wants to earn it fair and square by being the best. So he's like working himself to death. Um, so it's a daunting task expressed as being forced to paint a perfect picture already placed in a magnificent frame, uh, which if you're in the poster community, you absolutely understand that sometimes the frame is more expensive than the poster. Um, a lot of so, times the frame is more expensive. <laughs> most of the time. Museum yeah. glass. Do not do that. But it's worth it because it keeps uh, everything good and it doesn't fade. You know how many posters have faded without the it? One, one frame the one frame I put museum glass on is For the Road, which is my favorite book of all time. The one frame I put it on, it fell and shattered. <gasps> oh, it's just sitting in my room worst. with that glass right now. Like, I'm literally staring at it. Because you I'm can't angry. fix it because it's glass. That's so sad. No, uh, and I'm going to have to redo the whole frame. It's, it is what it is. It's fine. I'm, so I'm sad. That was a touchy Thank subject. You. I'm so sorry. Uh, so, okay, you mean? You know. <laughs> He compliments his ambition, but asks, is that going to make you happy? Her brother replies that his happiness is irrelevant, implying that all his emotions are likewise. He's going to be very robotic and get this done. Gilia's voice is heard as a voiceover, commenting on his brother's successes of the four Oturi males, and are they're all being seated at the dining table, which I love that they kind of, their faces are all like blurred out and you only see Kyoya's. Uh, so Kyoya's father commands that his son befriend Tamaki Tsuo. Tsuo? That's how you say it, right? Yeah, I'm going to say yes. Uh, just corrected myself. Correct. Yes, it's Tsuo. Uh, yes. <laughs> a new transfer student because it would be in our family's best interest. Despite Fiumi's Why? Previous words. The Oteri patriarch makes it quite clear that Kiyoya must surpass his brothers in order to please him. Desperate for recognition, Kiyoya agrees to befriend Tamaki, remarking to himself that it's going to be an easy task. Little does he know. 
Kyoya researches Tamaki on his laptop. His initial opinion of the chairman's son is disdain and envy for the love child's easy path to patriarchy of the Suo family. Because remember, uh, Tamaki is a bastard. He is a snow. He's born out of wedlock. Um, an affair. So the next day at Game school, Game of Thrones is showing Bridget. I just started season five, episode one today. So hi. Uh, we're breezing through that rewatch. Uh, I've been having to deal with Ramsey, who just stopped becoming a snow and now is Ramsey Bolton. Oh. Anyway, that'll be another one of uh. our Beyond episodes. <laughs> okay. So next day, Tamaki is introduced to Kiyoya and Ayami, uh, the class representatives. Tamaki rushes over to Ayami's beautiful hair, and when she blushes, Kiyoya wonders if Tamaki's effect is based on his European upbringing, which made me really think, like, is Tamaki French? I feel like he's French, because that would make so much more sense on his loving, doting... He is? Yes? They say that he's French in the show. They they already said it. I absolutely forgot about that, and that makes so much more sense about his personality now, so... That's great. I'm glad I nailed that, even though they told me and I didn't hear it. Um, So the two boys shake hands and Kiyoya invites Tamaki to tour the school. And he happily agrees. As they walk, Tamaki asks Kiyoya if he has a kotatsu at home. And sadly saying that his own home has more Western decor. Kiyoya, Kiyoya disparages Tamaki's fascination with Japanese culture to himself as he informs him that his family does not own a katatsu, but does have Japanese decor. Tamaki apologizes for being insensitive about asking about the katatsu since he knows that only happy Japanese families have one. Oh, burn! Sorry. Uh... Kiyoya promises, <laughs> promises to place a katatsu in his home if Tamaki ever visits. Tamaki's thrilled, hugging the class rep, and insists that he and Kiyoya are now best friends, uh, assuming that he can call Kiyoya by his first name despite not being given permission because it's a very respect thing. Like, you have to be given permission. You know, it's the same in most cultures other than America. Um, so we're back in Kiyoya's bedroom where Fiumi, Fiumi is questioning her brother's best friend status with Tamaki that happened in only one day. And she's like going through his drawers and stuff, which is really funny because that's what I do to my brother. I'm just absolutely nosy when I'm in his room and he's in there trying to do something and I'm I'm just destroying everything. That's absolutely what I do to my brother too, though. I'm just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh Can I do this? Can I knock this over? Uh, Goodbye. (laughs) Because I just want his attention. Anyway. Yoya remarks that Tamaki doesn't understand the meaning of best friends and wonders if the boy is even fluent in Japanese. Um, he admits that although Tamaki was able to draw him in like all the others, he considers Tamaki a complete idiot. He's also not wrong. Uh, but with a heart yeah. of gold. <laughs> yeah. The next day, Tamaki tells Kyoya he wants to visit Kyoto, uh, listing several ter- tourist locations not located in Kyoto. Kyoya respects his, uh, corrects his misperceptions, but agrees to show Tamaki the sights. And while in Kyoto, Kyoya reflects upon Tamaki's illogical yet charming nature and is ha- uh, having already won over their, like, basically their entire class. When Tommy, Tamaki, when Tommy, jeez, uh, impu- why did I just lose my eyes? 
when Tamaki um, starts to annoy Kiyoya, uh, Kiyoya creates the perfect itinerary for visiting Hokaki- Hokkaido. Hokkaido. Anyway. Hokkaido. Hokkaido? Just Hokkaido. Hokkaido. Why is there two Ks then? Anyway, only to be told that he should be hitting the books for finals by none other than Tamaki. That evening, the calm facade is shattered and Kiyoya rants to Fiumi. I've never wanted to hit someone so badly in my entire life. Instead of being shocked, Fiumi is secretly pleased to see that her brother is actually expressing emotion and feeling something, <laughs> which that's so sad. Um, Sweet, though. You no, know, it is. She's like, oh, maybe this kid's getting to him. Uh, so the next Sunday, uh, Fiumi meets Kiyoya at the front door and tells him that his friend is here. Inside, he hears Tamaki playing the piano for the first time, bringing him to tears. Uh, later, as the boys are making small talk, Tamaki cuts to the heart of the matter and asks Kyoya's true feelings towards heading the Oturi family. Kyoya reveals his envy of Tamaki's ease of succession in the Suo family, uh, to which Tamaki replies that given his grandmother's dislike of him, succession is not guaranteed. Because I'm sure they're mad that there's a bastard child in the family and it's drama. Poor kid. And he doesn't have it easy. Tamaki's cavalier attitude infuriates Kiyoya, who tosses over the table at which uh, where they're sitting and berates Tamaki for being ungrateful while wondering to himself how uh, Tamaki's able to see through his own facade of complacency about the situation. Tamaki is untaunted and openly challenges Kiyoya to shape his future to his own designs, uh, after which he laughed for the only time that we have seen so far in this series. Because he got to him. He got to his heart. Um, His metaphor of life as a canvas reappears, now going well beyond the frame of his prior limits to find his own path. Uh, So we go back to winter with the two friends seated at a kotatsu. uh, Because it's what it's basically like a table that is like a heater that keeps you warm to eat it. Yeah. Uh, Which I would love that. Uh, because currently, right now, I'm having to eat and sit everywhere with a blanket on my legs. Well, in most uh, traditional Japanese homes, they don't have uh, central air. So it's how they keep warm whenever it's really cold outside. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're seated at a katatsu, accurately reflecting their little happy friendship. Tamaki outlines his plans for the host club, to which Kiyoya initially deems ephemeral. Still, because he's come to view Tamaki as a true friend who accepts him as he is, he realizes that the boy will continue to expand his horizons for the better. In his tea, Kiyoya sp- uh, spies an upright leaf, an omen of good fortune, and he genuinely smiles. Because their friendship is good, and they love each it's other. So And they're sweet. the bestest friends. I adore them. That's so cute. I thought this episode was so adorable. And I just love that you get to see why Kiyoya is always like, why is this smart businessman with all these things to do absolutely in all these crazy ideas and uh, humors Tamaki? And it's because Tamaki helped him realize that he could be himself and he could do all that fun business stuff, but he could do it on his own terms and do whatever he wants. And it's just and he's good. protecting the child that Tamaki is because the he's innocent, such a gift to freaking everyone. 
and I am it's devastating how pure and sweet oh. and genuine their weird little friendship is and they just they really do just kind of complete each other you know you complete they're the best friends i love them when you're the best and now and now after watching this you can see why he reacts so strongly in that horrible beach episode Mm -hmm. because he's trying to protect tamaki by teaching her a lesson and it's bad lesson and he does it wrong but it's out of love for his best friend anyway yeah okay so i have two characters to give you for voices in this episode one is for fiumi uh her english voice actor is christine otten uh she plays ozen in maiden the abyss which i've heard is stellar mm. Uh, and she plays. She's she's familiar. Do you remember where she's from? No. You want to guess? No. I can't even hear her voice in my head right now. Oh well, she is from uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and she plays Miss Azumi Curtis. <gasps> oh, I can uh-huh. hear it now. Oh, <laughs> right, Izumi for you. Uh, and she also. Hmm? I said Izumi for you. Me, I love it. Oh my god, no. No. Nope. Nope. She also plays Sakaki in Azumanga Dayo, which was one of the first manga I ever read. It's adorable and hilarious. And also about friendship. So she's got a pattern in her crap. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Japanese voice actor is Kikyo. I belched real loud. I'm so sorry. Oh, I didn't I, even hear it. I, I know it, like, it was like <laughs> I'm normally not a good burper. It like came up from the depths, and I so, couldn't stop it. And I was like, oh, so I didn't sorry. hear you burping. I just heard you say, "Wow!" And I was, was I was just like, like genuinely shocked wow. at why I did that. Like I was like, "Wow!" I'm so sorry. Kind of sarcastic, and I was like, "What did I do?" No, I was berating myself for belching. Wow, I was being mean to myself because I like felt it rolling and it was like, here we go. Wow. Okay, Dang, sorry. Sometimes you gotta let it rip, man. It's like Chainsaw Man. Just anyway. When do I get to see Pochita again? Anyway, different conversation. Uh, Japanese voice actor is Kikuko uh, Ino, and she plays Alicia. In Resident Evil Village, uh, Subaki and words bubble up like soda pop. <laughs> uh, Freya in God of War, which is awesome. Uh, Senakawa in Love Story, and Blue Diamond in Steven Universe, which made me so happy I could not even tell you. Uh, and then we have uh, Kyoya's father, who is oh, Yoshiro. Yoshiro Oturo Oturi, uh, and his English voice actor is Kent Williams. Uh, he, oh my God, no! What? It deleted all of my voice actors. Can you undo? Wait. Hit undo. Wait. It's on Google. Wait. I am so upset. Can you look at the history? Nope. Nope. It's just not there. That is such but. You okay, can't look at the well, history? Here's the deal. 
Ken Williams plays Mr. Compress in My Hero Academia. He oh. also plays uh, the main character in Dr. Stone, but his name is ridiculous. So he plays Dr. Stone. I just don't want to say his real name. You get it. If you like it, you get it. Shut up. Uh, oh. <laughs> Tori Soma in Fruits Basket. And uh, no, that was it. Uh, do I even have that tab up still? Hold on. Maybe I can find my guy real quick. I cannot believe I just deleted all of that. That's okay. Uh, he plays Kimpachi in Bleach. And sorry, I'm like literally just scrolling through this right now, you guys. <laughs> How unprofessional of me. Please, please don't Eddie, hate me. Stop. Guess what? He doesn't seem like he's a lot of important people. He he just has a bunch of randos and things that are named really long. That's it. Okay. He plays Kipachi in Bleach. So there you go. If he comes up again, I'll give you more stuff. <laughs> there it is. Sorry that happened. That's okay. <laughs> oh, and so next week we have the final two episodes. Uh, the host club de- declares dissolution, which I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, and then this is our Oran Fair is the last episode. So next week will be a short episode. They're not making any more. Stop it. Keep that in mind, folks. Stop it. Uh, Keep that in mind. Next week will be a short episode. Uh, And then the following week, we'll do a recap and roll for a new. We haven't gotten to roll for a new one in a while since May. Because it's been forever. We accidentally uh, took like a month hiatus. (laughs) And then. Well, we both died, so we I, died, I and then acceptable. work's been crazy, and then I was in New York, and then I was in Florida, and then I was in California, and I might go back to New York. We'll I see. was just here, but I was very depressed. So, <laughs> buddy. Uh, anyway, yeah, we're okay, but uh, we love anime, and we love you. Take your meds. Good night. Well, bye. Thank you for watching Gateway Anime Podcast with Bridget and Lauren. Please remember to like, subscribe, and download our episodes. Remember, we also have a Patreon, so if you want to suggest shows for us to watch, make sure you go visit us. Special thank you to Marjorie McClendon for our artwork and designs, and Drew Griffith for all of our music. We hope to see you again next week. Remember, we love anime, and we love you.